listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's the 30th of September. This is Recap made for you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create the most financially empowered generation. But before we get started, please take a moment to listen to this important message. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. I can't help it. I, do the I always do a head bop. You do you, every single time. <laughs> it's infectious. You probably say, "Yeah, I just do this little head bop. It's quite catchy." Yeah, it's infectious. <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff to talk about today. Some real high level stuff as well. Uh, where do you want to start, Alice? Uh, well, shall we start with some local news, sure. Jose? Uh, you were saying earlier a couple of companies have released their financials today, right? Yeah, totally. So yeah, the story, as with so many companies right now, is COVID and the impact that and lockdowns have had on their business. Both New Zealand King Salmon and Hellenstein Glassons released their results today, so I thought we'd look at both of them. Cool, okay, so shall we look at King Salmon first? Absolutely, I'm, I'm feeling hungry too. All I can see in my mind's eye is just salmon and smashing that <laughs> out with some bagels. Um, so the company's full title, just to be completest, is New Zealand King Salmon Investment Limited. They operate a number of fish farms around the country and obviously harvest and sell King Salmon they were originally introduced from California at the end of the 19th century. I did not know that. Uh, they released their results. I know. They, result, they released <laughs> their results for the first half of 2021 to June. Okay, so how did they go for those six months? The company indicated the period had been challenging. Negative impacts included small fish sizes and harvest restrictions set in place to compensate for that. Uh, there were also issues with the cost and availability of freight, which has also impacted the company. Okay, so this will be the old supply chain disruptions that we're seeing everywhere, right? Yeah. Uh, what did they say about how they've dealt with those challenges? The company says it's largely overcome issues relating to the pandemic, apart from uh, those uh, uh, related to freight, as we mentioned before. That's reflected somewhat in their numbers. Revenue was $80 million, up from $67 million in the same period last year. They sold 3,600 tonnes of fish, compared with 2,700 tonnes in the first half of 2020. But their reported net loss after tax probably indicates what a challenging time it's been, holding at $5.6 million for both 2020 and 2021. Okay, and so did they offer any idea about what the next six months might look like for them? Uh, No, they said that guidance would come over the next couple of months. And in terms of dividends, the company said they have not offered any since the pandemic started, although that remains under review. Okay, and what about Hallensteins or Hallenstein Glassons, I should say? Yeah, I didn't actually, re- this is another thing I learned today, I didn't realise that uh, Hallensteins, which uh, is a men's fashion cl- chain, actually merged with Glassons, a woman's fashion chain. Yeah, I believe that happened a while ago, like in the 80s maybe, um, and it also explains why you sometimes see the two stores kind of within the same wider, bigger store, Yeah, this like only just on occurred to Key, me. for example. Yeah, it only just occurred to me today, <laughs> like I missed it. <laughs> Your mind's just blowing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what did their results reveal today? 
So they actually reported their full year results to the start of August, and it was a bit of a tale influenced by uh, stores opening back up after the 2020 lockdowns and pent-up demand being uh, set free, basically. They said they saw a 20% increase in profit, which took them to $33 million. Uh, Sales also increased by 22% to $351 million. But it's what's happened after the start of August that the company says will have implications for its performance over the next 12 months. Right, so this will, of of course, be referring to the lockdown that started in August. We kind of had a similar story with the warehouse yesterday. Um, But presumably the lockdown's in Australia as well? Yes, very much so. So the first eight weeks of the new financial year saw sales fall 19%. And that's due to their stores in both Australia and New Zealand, as we said, having to close as the Delta variant forced more restrictions on the public. So in Australia, 12 stores in Victoria and 14 stores in New South Wales have been closed since those restrictions were placed earlier in the year. Now, the company says they definitely expect this to impact their profits. Okay, and how does that affect their dividend plans? Well, they've paid out an interim dividend of 23 cents per share, but they've held off on announcing what the final dividend will look like. Uh, they want to wait until their closed stores in New Zealand and Australia can trade again. Okay, I don't know about you, Jose, but I've seen heaps of news headlines lately about something called the US debt ceiling. Yeah, I've seen some stuff in the news as well about it. Yeah, I even saw a headline today that was like, the US is expected to run out of money by mid-October. And I was like, yikes, that sounds pretty serious. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I spent a bit of time reading today about what's going on. And I thought um, we could do something a bit different to finish off recap and just explain what all this chatter about the debt ceiling is. Yeah, I must have seen, I've seen all those headlines, but I don't really have a clue what's going on. So I very much am in favor of that idea. Okay, so to start off with, um, governments across the world take on debt to help pay for their spending plans. So, for example, we do it here in New Zealand, and it's the same concept in the US, except there's one major difference. Okay, and what's that? Uh, Well, the US has something called a debt ceiling. This is a limit on how much uh, borrowing the government can do. Now, from what I was reading online today, the US is one of the only developed countries in the world that has a debt ceiling. Uh, Most countries can just keep taking on more and more debt if they need to. So what's all the debt ceiling talk about at the moment then? Well, what's happening in the US uh, is that the country is at risk of hitting this debt ceiling. It's almost reached the limit of how much money it can borrow to keep paying its bills. Uh, now, currently, national debt is around $28.5 trillion US dollars. And basically, Congress needs to find a solution for this, or otherwise the government uh, will find itself in a bit of trouble and might not be able to pay its debts. Uh, That's a huge number you just read out before, and it all sounds (laughs) pretty serious. So what's Congress doing about this? Yeah, well, what Biden's administration is looking to do at the moment is suspend the debt ceiling for a year. This would allow the government to basically ignore the limit that it has on debt. And how would raising or suspending the debt ceiling help? Is it just spending more money? Uh, Well, raising the debt ceiling allows the government to borrow money to pay back its debts that it already has. So as uh, Treasury Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen put it, uh, raising the debt ceiling doesn't authorise additional spending of taxpayer dollars. Instead, when we raise the debt ceiling, we're effectively agreeing to raise the country's credit card balance. Interesting. So what's the holdup for this being able to happen? 
Uh, well, it's politics, really. The Republicans have opposed any efforts to raise the borrowing limit. Uh, they want the Democrats to address it as part of their investments in social programs and social policy, saying that raising the debt ceiling would lead to wasteful spending, pretty much saying that they, they want to raise the ceiling just to spend more money. Now, this problem has come at a time when Congress is stuck in negotiations over some big spending plans that President Biden wants to get through. Okay, so where are things at the moment? Uh, the House, which is one of the two parts of Congress, on Wednesday voted to pass a bill that would suspend the US debt ceiling. Now, the next step is that it's got to get through a vote in the Senate, which is the other part of Congress. However, it's not expected to pass here as the Republicans have said that they plan to vote against it. Now, according to CNBC, uh, if the bill fails to go through the Senate, it's unclear how the Democrats will proceed to avoid defaulting. Okay, so what happens if the debt ceiling isn't suspended or raised? Uh, well, again, Janet Yellen, she warned that if nothing's done, then the US will run out of ways to pay its bills around October the 18th. Now, note, um, this is an estimate from her only. Uh, she highlighted that what this could look like includes potentially 50 million seniors stopping receiving social security checks, troops could go unpaid, and millions of families who rely on monthly child tax credits could see delays. And uh, Yellen said that it could be a catastrophic event event for the economy. Uh, now, this is all what is at risk, um, although some political and economic uh, analysts are saying that they don't think Congress will let the situation reach that stage. I, I guess my next question is, so how will this potentially affect the markets? So one thing to think about is how this could affect the US economy, which in turn influences the share markets. Uh, if people aren't receiving social security checks or troops aren't being paid, then they don't have that money to then go and spend elsewhere, like at the supermarkets or in other shops. And that lack of spending could have ripple effects throughout the wider economy. Right, I see. Another aspect is to do with uh, treasury notes or bonds. Now, this is a type of government debt that people can invest in. Uh, these are often viewed as being a really like investing safe haven and reliable because the probability of default um, or or the government not being able to pay interest or repay the debt is thought to be so low. Now, Mark Zandi, who is the chief economist for Moody's Analytics, he put it nicely. He said that uh, these investments serve as a benchmark for the rest of the world and people feel like this debt is risk-free. So if that confidence is shaken, um, you know, if there's some sort of risk of default, it could have a domino effect on stock markets, uh, mortgage rates, and some of those economic things I mentioned before. Uh, Yellen sort of echoed those comments, saying that even um, just the wait to reach a conclusion can create uncertainty and volatility for investors um, and affect investor confidence. Right. Has this type of thing ever happened before? Yeah, it has. Most recently in 2011, there was a debt limit standoff that almost brought the US to a default before a deal was struck. Uh, what happened at that time was that the credit rating of US debt was downgraded and there was a bit of volatility in the markets. Yeah, and they got through that, didn't they? Hey, thanks for breaking all that down, Alice. Awesome work. Thank you. That's all good. And uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. That was Recap for the 30th of September. And as always, we would appreciate it if you gave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Matiwa. Kakitiano.